Um, our, our speaker this morning is Russ Livingston. And Russ, will you be introducing your family? Good. All right, then you can introduce your family. You know them better than I do. All right? Um, but Russ Livingston has been a part of our ministry for more than 20 years. And, you know, in the context of who we want to be as a church and stuff, we've often said that we are not here to make this campus bigger. We're not here to make this room fuller of people. We are not here to add on more buildings. If this campus, if this building never got bigger, but God's glory got larger, that would be okay. You get the difference? One is about us, one is about Him. And in the context of being about Him, that means that we want Him to be known throughout the nations. And as God brings people to us who have a heart for the nations, then we want to be diligent about mentoring, shepherding, and sending out those people with that heart. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> yes. The Lord is shaking the nations. You know, as we come back to the United States, it's just amazing. You know, every time we come back, we see, we can see the difference. We can see a shift in the society. But this time, it's just amazing to see how rapidly our society, our culture, is changing before our very eyes. Even while we're here with DOMA, that the law changing, and then all this legislation being quickly put into place to follow through. Uh, we're moving from a society where we have a Christian heritage, a Christian, Judeo-Christian heritage we used to talk about when I was young, and now we're, we're, we have really a, a society with no moral foundation, where there is no right, there is no wrong. And we didn't want to uh, legislate morality, so now we're starting to legislate immorality. Okay? You have to say this is okay. And so uh, we have seen a huge a change in our society. And the boundary stones are, have been moved. And we see in Proverbs, there's this, uh, Proverbs 28, 22, 28 says, do not move the ancient boundaries that your fathers have set. And here we're throwing all this away. And uh, what kind of chaos? What will, what will happen in the very short time now? Uh, what will happen for the Christian witness, for the church, in our situation, what will happen for our society, for orphans who are, will be adopted by who knows what kind of situation? What are the, the boundaries? What are the limits? We're seeing that our society is, is being shaken. And we could say, as uh, Isaiah, who had a very similar situation um, living uh, during the time of when Israel, the northern kingdom, was judged by the Lord and taken away by the Assyrians. And the, the country where he was, in Judah, was also under threat by the Assyrians. And he knew that there would soon be, and already had uh, given the uh, sure proclamation that uh, Jerusalem was going to fall also. Uh, and speaking in that context, in, from Isaiah 40 to 66, in the second part of Isaiah, speaking as if now that 
the, the temple has already been destroyed. He says, he says this prayer, Why, O Lord, do you cause us to stray from your ways and harden our heart from fearing you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Your holy people possessed your sanctuary for a little while. Our adversaries have trodden it down. We have become like those over whom you have never ruled, like those who were not called by your name. The Lord is shaking the nations, not only in the United States, but also in France. Um, and where we are, this is uh, the Ark of Triumph in the uh, part of Marseille, where there's many immigrants. And you can see that um, it's really um, a North African and immigrant, high immigrant area. But uh, France um, and Marseille is becoming more and more Islamized, and uh, prayer times are often spilling out into the streets. And the government is wanting to, well, has already authorized, uh, as of two years ago, inaugurated the construction of a showpiece uh, mosque. Will be, the tower will be 82 feet high, capacity for 7,000 worshipers. And it's, uh, Marseille is becoming uh, an official religion of Marseille. Uh, this is something we never saw. In 1996, we came to Marseille. You very rarely saw a woman in the veil. And now, as we go to the local park near us, it's more than 50%, or at least 50% of the women are wearing the veil. And some are actually co totally covering their heads, which is illegal to cover your face. And yet, um, they're still, they're, it's not being enforced. Um, and as the Muslims see the decadence of the European culture, as they see the decline of their population of Europe and of France, and they see that Islam looks much better than that, they have every reason to be confident that uh, they will take the ascendancy uh, in Europe. Marseille is the uh, cultural center of the year for Europe. European cultural city of the year is Marseille this year, and yet Marseille will soon be, if it's not already, the first European city to be, have a majority Muslim population. What would our response be to such a situation as we see things that are shaking around us in this way? We can say with the prophet Isaiah in his prayer, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as fire kindles the brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things which we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. And here, the prophet Isaiah is saying, Lord, just like you did at the time of Moses, how you rescued your people out of Egypt and you delivered them with a strong hand. Come down and rend the heavens in the same way now. And the Lord has answered Isaiah's prayer. He brought the people of Israel back from Babylon, back to Jerusalem. He did it. He did rend the heavens again and came down when he sent the Son of God, Jesus Christ, to earth to live among us and to conquer death, conquer sin and to raise up a new people under his leadership and, and he reigns now over all the heavens. 
and is establishing his work, his kingdom. And so God has done it. And we're seeing that God is doing it again now as he's shaking up the nations in the Arab world. We're seeing that um, when we first went to North Africa in the 1980s, uh, it was a very, very stable, um, isolated place where only Islam was able, people could even hear only the message of Islam. And now with communication, now with uh, the current uh, happenings in, uh, in the Arab world, with these uprises, uprisings, where stable governments are shaken and they're being attacked on one side by secularists and on the other side by Muslim fundamentalists. And we're wondering, where is this going to come out? What is happening? People who are living in these countries, you can imagine, are asking the same question. What is going on here? And they're looking for new answers. They're saying, no, Islam is not the answer. And what is? And, and the first place they will look is Christianity. And we're seeing many people turn to Christ in Egypt, in Tunisia, as I said. We were seeing this happen. I, I can tell you stories of, of how in each church, people are coming and wanting to become Christians. Um, and so the Lord is shaking. He's doing things. For from days of old, they have not heard nor perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God besides you who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices in doing righteousness, who remembers, in your, who remembers you in your ways. Um, this is Tahrir Square, where lots of things are happening, uh, as you know, and the events in Egypt, where about, whenever you see gobs of people demonstrating, it's on Tahrir Square in Egypt. And this is uh, a, a palm director, Dan, who came to visit with Michael, an Egyptian Christian believer who's now in uh, Sfax in Tunisia, where we were, and uh, discipling and encouraging believers. An exciting thing to see how God is raising up workers to, uh, for his harvest. But Egypt, I mean, the, thing, the events that have just happened since we were here, I could not believe when I heard that, that President Morsi has been pushed aside. How did that happen? That's amazing. I couldn't believe it. But God is answering the prayers of his people. Maybe you were praying. Maybe you were among those people who were praying for the church in, in Egypt who was hard-pressed under a, a, a Muslim government which was trying to take power completely over and overrun the country to put democracy aside and keep itself in place for good. And the Lord... You know, Egyptians, Christians don't go around with weapons and shooting what do we have? What weapons do we have? You know, amazing. But God answered their prayers. He's done the same thing in Syria as we look at what's happening now. Um, for from days of old they have not heard nor perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God beside you who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices in doing righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You know, this is a verse you can say, okay, how do we interpret this? When is this going to happen? that eye has not seen and ear has not heard. When, when will we see this? All that God does. When, when is this going to happen? Well, uh, uh, Apostle Paul gives us the answer. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, he says, But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, 
and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, 4. To us, God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. Folks, Paul says, you know what? People in the world don't understand what's going on. They understand natural things. They don't understand spiritual things. But God has given us the Holy Spirit. And he has given, he has revealed these things to us through the Spirit. He searches all things. And we are able to now be high. We are priests before God. He has entrusted us with this great ministry. He's entrusted us with this revelation so that we can be his intercessors, his prayer, his prayer partners, so that he will act in the world. Isaiah 64, for I has not seen a God besides you who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices in doing righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. And he goes on. Behold, you were angry, for we sinned. We continued in them all, a long time. And shall we be saved? For all of us have become like one who is unclean, and our, our, un, our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name, who arouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and, are, and have delivered us into the power of our iniquities." He says, there is no one who calls on your name, who arouses himself to take hold of you. God was warning the people of Judah. They had seen Israel fall. 140 years later, Jerusalem fell. And throughout this time, God says, no one is calling on my name. And he says, his watchmen are blind. In Isaiah also, his watchmen are blind. All of them know nothing. All of them are like mute dogs. Unable to bark. And Jeremiah says, And I set watchmen over you, saying, Listen to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not listen. In Jeremiah 6.17. And Ezekiel says, The Lord says through Ezekiel, I searched for a man among them who could build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found none. Would the Lord say the same thing about us today? With all these things, all the Lord is doing to get our attention, how much do we pray? We want to do so many things. We want to run, run, and, and go on high speed. And, uh, we, you know, it's all about what we do, right? I mean, I've got to do something. And I've got to run here and do there and fill my time with activities and this and that. You know, this, this is, a, the Lord gave me this this morning. I was praying for an illustration and this, is, this came out. I just kind of was going through some emails I hadn't looked at and uh, not even trying to, though. I was looking for something else. And there I saw this, a pedestrian speed bump sent to me by a friend, an Algerian friend. This is a photo on the street of Algeria, somewhere, Okay. Now, amazing, look at this speed bump. You've got a speed bump on the road, but you also have a speed bump on the pedestrian side. Wow! Algerian pedestrians, they go too fast. <laughs> They're going to knock somebody over. You know, you go, you go to a new culture and you observe the culture and you think, wow, look, why did they do that? That's stupid. You know, there's no reason for that. 
You know, are, are you serious? You know, you got to you see the, 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 the ladies who have to push their babies, you know, over this speed bump. Whoa. Why do they do it? Can you imagine why they might have to put a speed bump on the, on the trottoir, on the sidewalk? What does it tell you about Algerian culture? Huh? You put a speed bump over the road, go right up, and they'll probably kill a pedestrian along the way, right? Okay? I can't slow down. Okay, we Christians, we like to run, 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 go, go, go. Another ministry, another thing, another activity, another thing, this and that. Do we need speed bumps? Do we need God to, to put a big speed bump on, on the sidewalk to get us to pray? Folks, I'm talking to myself. I'm not just talking to you. Okay, That's our first ministry, is to pray. Our very first ministry as missionaries is to pray. It's to encourage you to pray. Sometimes we like the scouts on the front line, and you know you have the snipers, and you have... You have you have the front line, and then you have the, a few soldiers, one or two, who are the point men. They get up in the front, and they get as close as they can to the enemy, and they say, over here, shoot over there. And they go over there, and they say, there's one over there. There's a group. And so they start shooting, because they can't see them where they have the guns. But they can, they can follow the point man to say, yes, that's, what you need to, that's where you need to pray. Folks, you know, we go back to Marseille, Satan isn't going, oh, the living sins are coming. <gasps> what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? You know, but when we get down on our knees and pray, he's going to try to stop you. He's going to try to stop you. Do you believe it? Do you think he's going to let you do it? No, but are you going to let him stop you? you know, we have great opportunities to pray. You know, what will it take? What speed bumps do you need? Do you need to get together with another partner and say, hey, we're going to keep ourselves accountable, you and me. We're going to pray together, or we're just going to let each other know. Did you pray today? Did you pray this week? How much? You know? No, I, you know, are you really doing it? Did you change? Did you make time in your schedule? That's one way. Maybe it's good to have a, a prayer group where you can meet. You know, you have a wonderful opportunity. I, just, I love when I come here, I can see lots and lots of people, but I love to come and pray where sometimes two, three people we pray for the church in crossing. But I think, you know, what's happening to our society right now? Is it really over? Is America through? Uh, is our church done? Do we no longer have um, a, a, a message to give to our, our, our nation? You know? Or, you know, it's not over, right? We have, just haven't used our weapons yet. And God still wants to do great things. And he's going to do great things. And you know... He's, he blesses us even when we pray so little. He is so gracious. But what if we just put him to the test and, and do pray? What will happen? And so, Lord willing, I'll be here tonight. I'm not sure I can. We're leaving tomorrow morning, uh, tomorrow afternoon. But I'm going to try to make it tonight. Um, and uh, you know, come, join, come join with us and pray. See what God will do. Uh, he answers. Um, this is a prayer that we can pray. Um, this is Isaiah's prayer. And we, but now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. 
and all of us are the work of your hand. Do not be angry about our measure, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Behold, look now, all of us are your people. Your holy cities have become a wilderness. Zion has become a wilderness. Jerusalem, a desolation. Our holy and beautiful house where our fathers praised you has been burned by fire and all our precious things have become a ruin. Will you restrain yourself at these things, O Lord? Will you keep silent and afflict us beyond measure? You know, we can pray for Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem. We can pray for our church. We can pray for our churches in, the, in our nation of the United States. We can pray for the United States. We can pray for the Arab world, that God will use this time where people are, are wondering, where, where are we headed? And are turning to Christ. We can, we can make a difference. Uh, as we invite God to work. But now, O oh Lord, are you, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are a potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O oh Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Behold, look now, all of us are your people. Your holy cities have become a wilderness. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you we thank you for the great things you're doing. We thank you, Lord, that you are getting, trying to get our attention. Oh, Father, thank you for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit you have given to us. Father, we thank you for this priestly ministry of intercession and the authority you have given to us. Lord, our Muslim friends were praying last night, all night long, some of them, because they believe that's the one night in the year that you might listen to their prayer, the hour of power. But Father, you give us access at, at every moment of the day, that we can come to you at every time, any time. No other nation has a God like you who acts in behalf of those who pray to him. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this access. Father, we pray that you will raise up an army to pray and to uh, Come before your throne, Lord. And we thank you for what you're going to do already, for what you're doing. Lord, continue to bless our nation. Bless this church, Lord. Bless us in our ministry for you, our neighbors, our community. Lord, we pray your blessing upon the difficult places in the Arab world. Father, in Haiti, all throughout this world, we thank you, Lord, and we pray you will build your church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.